some people are intimidated when talking to large numbers of people in an entertaining way. Not Dan and Mike. Yeah? It's just a podcast. Chill out. <laughs> yeah? A brilliant podcast. Okay. Too many quotes. GBH for the year old. <laughs> Not for me, thank you. No apology necessary. Let's get on with the podcast. You know, it's a laugh. And you can't put a price on comedy, so... Get listening. We're back. We're back on camera. We're on a camera there. We're, we're on, on camera. Well, we're being filmed from all angles here, to be honest. But um, too many angles. The, the main question, though, Mike, we need to we need to know is how's the the new variant of COVID? Because the doctors said didn't it, that you must have had the the extra extra rare strain, and you've killed it. So you've saved the planet. Well, that's what the doctor said. Like I came came down with COVID, and um, I thought, fucking hell, this is rougher than expected. And, and I'm considering I, everyone else has been saying how mild it I'm is. I'm young, fit, and healthy. The well, recent strain as well. They're saying literally, they're the, like, don't even worry about. That's it. what that's what they're saying. And you think yeah. you, I'm young, fit, and healthy. Which, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. ish. You're healthy. I, I mean, healthy compared to eight year olds. Yeah, ish. But anyway, I got COVID and, and it proper wiped me out. Like, really, really a lot worse than I expected. And the doctor came and he said, fucking hell, Mike, this is about 10 times stronger than anything we've seen. Yeah. So, human race is actually lucky that you've got it. He said, it's yeah. lucky that it's hit you because you can deal with it. And yeah. as long as you don't pass it on to anyone, yeah. the human race will survive this particular strain. Because he said, if this gets mainstream, it could wipe out pretty much half the population. I mean, there you go, guys. That's what he said. Mike Harrison doing his duty again after serving Queen and Country. I know. <laughs> already did that once. Already done that. Just the whole world this time. Just the whole world. Just the whole world this time. So, but yeah. what, what, what a hero. What? Well, that's what, he, that's what he said. So, yeah. He said, we, we want to do a feature on you. I said, oh, I don't want any recognition for that. It's like, it's nothing there. Well, we're, well, mate, we're going to do a feature on you now. Yeah. We're going to do a feature on you now. So, I had, I, had a few, I had a few nice uh, messages from the um, the last interview. Sorry, anyone listening to this on the audio. Luna's lying down here. Ah, yeah. They're not all going to be watching. They're not all going to be watching. Luna's lying down playing yeah. with us on the sofa. But, um, yeah, a few nice nice comments about the sort of the more interview style last week where sort of people found out a bit more about me and my history, I suppose, because... I guess it's stuff that we don't really talk about. And, and I had a couple of clients actually say it was, it was quite interesting. And one of them, in fact, said that I think it was after Blitz, she, she, she was picking a coach and stuff. She was glad she picked me. And it was one of those where, bottom of the barrel, she prefers the bottom of the barrel, yeah. I think. Um, she said that after listening to it, it kind of like solidified her choice and stuff. And I think sometimes, I'll be honest, like... Well, she's not heard from me yet. Well, yeah, so, that's true, yeah, yeah. So she's going to hear from me. Well, she knows, she's well, she knows what to expect from you, probably. Okay. Um, but I think as coaches, we always doubt ourselves. We always doubt about whether we're... I don't know, liked from a certain to a certain degree and all that sort of stuff, or whether you need to be more like someone else or less like someone else or whatever. Um, so it's just nice to hear that, just a bit of background for me. It made people realise that they wanted to work with me or whatever, and that's that's nice. So now we'll give people the opportunity to... Well, now, now no one's going to work with me because they're going to find out about you. When, it, so, when problem. You, got, you got a text this week off one of your clients saying, I'm one of the things I really like about you is you don't care if, that nobody else likes you. Yeah, that's the same, same, same girl. Is it? She said, is she that said, a compliment? She was like, oh, the best thing about you and Mike is you don't care if people like you or not. I was like, he's trying to imply that nobody I think likes. She's trying to say, she's trying to say, no one likes you guys. But we don't care. We're like Millwall fans. We don't care. No one likes yeah. us, but we don't care. And I think what she meant was that, like, basically, she was saying how she's had coaches before who always just try and people please, and they're always trying to get people to like them or that. Then, and she was saying she'd had a week where she hadn't been great, and I just sort of said, well, look, that's not really good enough. Kind of thing. I was like, you need to be better. And she was like, previously, coaches have always been like, oh, don't worry about it, just crack on or whatever. And it's like, well, you don't always need someone just to say, don't worry about it. Because if you don't worry about it every single week, you never get anywhere. It's, look, it's, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard when you've got to be a little bit tougher, but that's the actual coaching element of it. It's, mm. 
we're in this weird situation as as coaches where you're almost trying to dictate what's done, yet your client is the one that's paying you. So it's kind of difficult sometimes when it's like, oh, how hard can I be with things? Because I don't want them to stop paying me yeah. on, a, on a baser level. But then you kind of just, I think what we do well is we're, we're not really bothered about that. I think that people yeah. that work with us tend to appreciate it if we kind of, I guess, are a little bit more stern. Because it's not every week. It's not like we're... We're no. just absolutely bollocking people left, right, and centre. But it's almost like, actually, for me to pay you my due diligence, this needs to be said this week because mm. it's like you say, it's all well and good saying, "Oh, don't worry about it." Every week, I said the same thing to one of my clients last week, Jake. He's worked with me for a long, long period of time, and I said, "Look, I can't sit here and get nowhere with you like we have done for the last few months. So mm. things need to change now, otherwise, yeah. we're just wasting our time." Yeah, I think that's what she said. She said, like, she knows that it's there. She knows it's in me to say that. I think that's the thing, is it's, yeah. the, it's the fear of knowing that you could get that. Yeah. Rather than knowing that if you check in, they're just going to be, oh, don't worry about it. It's like, well, that's useless. That's no accountability there. There's no sense of accountability. You can, you know, you, your mate would say that to you. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's the key thing. But coming back to that, the reason that we're so hot on that and why we don't care about that is that we care about getting results. And I think that's the thing, you know, our whole business is built on, right? Is it's about getting results. So if I have to upset someone for them to, to spark them into action and to spark them to be motivated and to, to see what they've done wrong, it, it kind of means that I know that in six months' time, they're going to get the result that they wanted. And originally what they signed up for, they wanted that result, not just someone as their mate, just to go, oh, don't worry about it, go out for some drinks, do whatever you want, booze, yeah, do whatever you want, because that's what they were doing before. And you, you've got to look at the place of where it's coming from as well, because it would be easy for us to say, oh, don't worry about it, and sit there and you take somebody's money. Yeah, that's more unethical. <laughs> exactly. And that's the way that I frame it. It's like, I say, look, at the end of the day, this isn't, whether you do it or you don't, it doesn't change my life when I'm, when I'm sat there at the end of the day. You've got to think about, and I always encourage my clients, I say, think about why I'm saying this to you. Mm. Because this is a thing that you need to hear. Because it's going to benefit you. This is a thing that you've asked me to do for you. You have asked me to say, Mike, keep me in line when I'm when I'm out of line. Mm. So it can be difficult sometimes to do that because you do become friends with your clients and it's hard to know, I guess, where to draw the line. But I, I do think we've got a good a good balance of it. I, I think we know when to kind of put an arm around the shoulder or when to put the foot down. And I, I do think clients respond well to it because at the end of the day, if you're not doing that, then what are you doing? Like, yeah. you're not actually coaching anyone. You're not helping them. You're, yeah. you're just helping them waste their money and get no results. And, and, it's, and, and these are also the sort of coaches that also slag off like the meal plan, people who just say grind harder. And it's like, well, you're doing the opposite. Yeah. Where you're saying, eat whatever food you want and it'll be okay, don't worry about it. Well, that's the exact opposite of eat these very specific foods and grind harder and I don't want to hear shit, just crack on with it. I think it's just, it, you're just as bad the other way then. Like, there's an element to it where we do it with Blitz, I think, where there's the first couple of weeks we go, oh, look, just, you know, fit the food somewhat into your calories and, you know, you can be flexible. And then we're like, after a couple of weeks, right, now you're being too flexible, stop taking piss. Yeah. Like, you're just eating chocolate all the fucking time. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere. And I think that's the, the thing with it. And I think the... Um, so today we're going to do a bit of an interview on you. So we're going to talk a little bit about your history and stuff. But I think it's really interesting because I think we are... A What's little it bit. G2, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah GQ. Something like that. Was yeah. it Men's Health? Guardian. Is Where's it, it going? Emily Whitmore. Yeah. Emily Whitmore from The Guardian. Yeah, are you taking notes? <laughs> taking notes. No, I'm just going to. I'll be. I'm, I'm going to be going pretty quick. It's not so, worth writing yeah. notes about, don't you worry about it. Um, but I think we are probably both, not misunderstood, that's wrong, but I think we probably get labelled or, or viewed a certain way on socials or in a certain way. And then yeah. when it comes to the actual coaching element, I bet we're very similar, but not in the way people would expect, yeah. in that I think I'm probably a bit harder than people think I would be, and you're probably a bit softer than people would think. Yeah. 
Um, but that's all the preconceptions that people have around ex-military man, etc., etc. Blah blah blah. Well, people see me and they say oh, he's tough. Yeah, they say he's hard. Yeah, and then they look at me and think, "Fucking hell, that guy looks like alpha male." And then they get to know you and they realise, "Well, he's not." Isn't Schindler's List? <laughs> you know. So yeah, you've never says, seen Schindler's List, have you? I have a long time. Have you? A long time ago. It. I have. Yeah. It. No. It's too long, isn't it? Get the tissues out. Too for what? Tear jerker. Not that kind of. Not that kind not, of. Not that. Kind of no, no. no. Can't, can't get those over here, anyway. Um, no. Anyway, so young Michael, let's let's go back. Young Michael. So, what your path was a bit different to mine. Obviously, I went to university, educated, you know, <laughs> master's degree. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Two degrees. Too too many of anything. Yeah. Um, same spot though. So. Not quite the same yeah. for you, was it? <laughs> no. No, no, no. No. Rather than getting myself in debt with useless degrees. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, lo- you, you saw that coming quicker, and you were like that. Yeah. yeah doing that. There we go. Because education is essentially dead with uh, yeah. with the uh, with it the invention of the internet. It is. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I was supposed to go to uni. Supposed to. That's the Supp- thing, isn't supposed it? to. Yeah. And I, I, I back. I just backed out. So what happened? I was I was quite academic at school. I was quite good at school. Did well. Because uh, I'm competitive, mm-hmm. it's driven. It was driven by my parents. Like my parents have not been anything similar to us. Very working class, I guess. But they, my dad was really competitive, and it came from sport. I played a lot of sport, and I, I never wanted to be the worst. And I, I wanted to be up so there. What happened? Why did you stop doing that? Why? When did that stop? Huh? <laughs> As I've taken up golf and I'm fucking <laughs> shanking them left, right, and centre. <laughs> But I won't be the worst. That's the thing. No, you won't be. No, I won't. No, um, but but yeah. So it stems from from um, competitiveness. Like I was really really competitive. The fact that I wanted to beat all of my classmates at everything. Mm-hmm. We we were collecting these. We used to collect these awards, and we get we got stickers, and we got what's called what was called merits. We had like bronze, silver, mm-hmm. gold, and I surpassed that. And they had to make a new one called. <laughs> and it sounds stupid saying it in hindsight because you're going to give me some stick for this. They call it the special award. <laughs> <laughs> That's that teacher going. That teacher just went. Yeah, we'll give Mike the special I award. I could have made anything up yeah, there and called it honest. a platinum award. You were honest, at least. Well, yeah, yeah. And anyway, they um, they they create they created this thing, and it was my job. And I was I was trying to win this all the time, and trying to be the best and beat everybody. And I was just just competitive. So I, I did end up doing well at school, but I wanted to do something that was sport related because, like I say, I enjoyed sport. So, again, I was, what, 14, 15, 16, coming up to that age, and you don't really know what jobs there are in sport. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to be a physio, because that was the only thing in sport I could, I could think of. And, yeah. and my school that I went to wasn't particularly very good. The careers advice wasn't great at the time, and, and the advice was, based on my GCSEs, was you're setting your sights too low to be a physio. Yeah. So do something else. Okay, great. It's weird how in school, like, I remember that, because every time you went to a career person, it was always doctor, lawyer... You know, vet. It, it was great. On it school. was like IT software. You know, at that time when I was doing it, it was IT and things like. That. No one. It was these jobs now. Just don't like. They weren't even a thought process in schools. Like you said, it was all academic. It was all go to university. Like that was just what you were pushed. Yeah. Or electrician. That was the. Other, that was yeah, the but if you if you're not going to for university, it's get an apprenticeship. It's you there's know no ele- electrician or plumber or whatever. Yeah. There's no there's no middle ground. There was no entrepreneurial. Here's how to set up a business. Here's how yeah. to do tax. Here's how to do anything. So it was very much a, you need to do medicine or something along those lines because I was good at science. Mm-hmm. Um, so out of the two, I didn't want to be a doctor because I thought it too, sounds, sounds too much like hard work. Yeah. That's too much of the full body. Let's zone in on the mouth. Yeah. So I was like, let's be a dentist. And I went and did my... Um, uh, Just my, stop right there. Can you imagine Mike as a dentist? Can you imagine 
rocking, rocking up, Mike, yeah. going, open wide then, yeah. just let me have a little look in there. Yeah. The amount of jokes Feels like a make, thick hose. The amount, of, the amount of jokes you'd be making would be so inappropriate. Uh, I, I don't think I would have done well at it, to be honest. But I did, I did my work experience there, didn't particularly like it. And then as it was coming, I got a conditional offer to, um, to uni for, for dentistry, which I was on for. And I was just like, do you know what? This, I don't want to do it. So I decided, well, what do I want to do? I want to do something to do with fitness. So there was a guy in the year below me who'd set him sights, his, his sights on going in the RAF. And I was like, do you know what? Sounds like a good idea. I'll be a, a PTI, so... Uh, I guess I'll be a personal training personal instructor. Training instructor yeah. yeah, I'll be a PTI and I can do my degree in there because I wanted to do a degree and I wanted to, to do something sport-wise. So I was like, I can do that in that case. So applied for the RAF, took the aptitude test, and again, they kind of went down the thought process of you're setting your sights too low, don't be a PTI, you've passed for these list of jobs, engineers, the top of the, top of the tree. And again, you're 18 and you're sold this promise of it's going to be great, you're going to fit personality type, it's perfect, you'll enjoy it. So I was kind of guided away from doing anything in sport again. So I went and for the first few years, it was like uni. It was like going out, drinking, socialising, finding yourself. You're a young guy and you're enjoying it and you're getting paid well for it. And all my mates were at uni and they were skin and I, and I had money and I was like thinking, Fucking hell, I've made a good choice here. But as you grow up and the partying stops and then you realise that this is your career that you're supposed to be doing for the rest of your life, it was still not the thing that I wanted to do because mm-hmm. I like to be good at everything and I wasn't interested in, in engineering enough to be good at it, so I was always average. I wasn't bad at it, I was just average, but I don't like being average at anything. So, because as you know, if I'm average at something, I just don't do it. Yeah. Like, I just, I just don't do it. So I was like, right, well, I need to change things. So then I started my sports science degree whilst I was in there and started making moves to do things. Got my personal trainer, level two, level three. Did the body type nutrition course, like started mm-hmm. to listen to the podcasts and things like that. And I remember it. I remember, drive, I remember driving and it was actually a body type nutrition podcast that, were, it was, that Ben was talking about. And he was saying, it was something along the lines of like... It, Whatever it was, I can't, I can't quite recall, but whatever it was, it kind of tipped me over the edge of going, rather than thinking about it, just do it. Rather than put it off, it was almost just like, what, what have you got to lose if you're unhappy with where you are at the minute? And my dad was going through some stuff at the time and I, and I was thinking to myself, do you know what? I don't want to go down the same route as my dad and be unhappy and, and, you know, and, and go, go through some of the mental health issues that my dad's had. And I am going down that road because I hate what I do. Like, I got to the point where I was not turning up for work. I had 28 sick days in one year. None of them I was sick. I was just, I hated it. I hated the people I was working with. I hated the job I was I was in. I didn't like not being very good at something. And things were, like, looking down, I guess. So I just decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. So I got myself qualified, studied and studied and studied, and I can't tell you how much I studied. Mm. I would listen to a podcast on the way to work, on the way back from work. Whilst I was at work, because I was engineering, it's just on tools, I had, I had earphones in, we could listen to things, so I would just, I would just listen. I would, I would get up early in the morning, I would be reading before work, I would be working with a, a, a handful of clients, I guess, that I'd managed to pick up. I was working with some of the football team from the RAF. I was, I was just lit, trying to absorb everything that I could do. Um, and then I set myself in a position where I guess I was able to transition out of that, luckily, and, 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 and go straight into, straight into online coaching. I never did any one-to-one or anything like that. I, I, I was quite adamant that I didn't want to go onto the shop floor. I wanted to do something my way, 
and how am I going to go about doing it? So I did that. It's interesting that like it was one podcast that made you just go that because you were probably listening to stuff before then and you were taking it all in and yeah, I think you get that a lot with clients when they come in. They go, I just, I just, it's, I can't just remember specifically what yeah, was it's, said. It's weird, isn't it? But I know I think, where I was. Yeah, it's weird because I think I, everyone. I remember has that where moment. I was on the journey. Yeah, I, I, I turned, I turned right, and this means nothing too. But I turned right, and it was I was amongst loads of farmers' fields, mm. and I remember it, and I just remember saying to myself, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. So, it's so it was when I did the same, most recently I did the same when I came back from Dubai. So when I came back from Dubai and I was driving home from the airport, there was a certain song that came on. Now whenever I listen to it, I just remember that's when I decided, like, mm. we should just do it. Like, let's just go for it. And it's weird how, again, those seeds are planted low, like before then. I think the same with weight loss with clients. I get it all the time. They just go, just now's the right time. I've followed you for years. Just now's the right time. For whatever reason, they've just, something's happened and they've just heard it enough times for them to go, I'm just going to do it. Like you said, they, because we, we all hear Stop thinking about it, just do it. We all hear that all the time. There just has to be the right time for it to just all of a sudden everything click in place, whether it's other things in your life happen or, or whatever, but for you to just go, no, I'm going to do it. I don't know if it's like, say, an age thing, whether something happens socially. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's definitely a place for that, a time and a place for that. Yeah, and it's just weird how those little things happen because, again, like you moved to Dubai a year before I even contemplated the idea. And obviously with COVID and stuff, I couldn't actually get over. But you'd been saying like... Come on, why don't you? Why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? And for whatever reason, it was just a few things happened and, and you do it. But um, so yeah, you, you didn't go do any one to one. You went straight into online. And what? And then I think it was we talked about the BTN stuff, didn't we? And talked about you were going to yeah. join, and then we did Team Box um, <clears throat> stuff. Um, so fast forward then to I suppose going from that, that I suppose place of zero to 15, 20 clients. Because I, I, I get clients that's been this all the time, and I honestly can't remember. I genuinely can't remember what it was like to go from zero to 15 to 20. I just, it was that long ago now, and I obviously combined it with one-to-one. But what was that like when you were like, fuck, I'm doing this now, So and you just went, I'm, I'm going in full-time? So whilst I'd not had any one-to-one in theory, I'd been, I'd been training a long period of time, um, long, long time, and again, I was listening to a lot of stuff, and whilst I don't think that's as good practically, because you're certainly better at me at looking at somebody's movements, breaking them down and, and, and kind of adjusting things like that. I knew a lot about training. I knew how to train myself. And I knew that I could, I could pick those bits up and I could, I could learn that. So, so yes, I'd not done any one-to-one, but I was kind of training, I guess, my friends or the football, like my other members of the football team and writing training programs. And again, just researching and researching and researching. Um, but how it felt, at that moment, it was almost like I knew I was going to be good at it because it just felt like this is a thing that I should have been doing. Mm. Everybody doubted me. My parents doubted me. Mm. Uh, they said, you've got a trade here. You're an engineer. You know, you mm. should come out of the RAF and do this and do that. My boss doubted me, said that he didn't know a single person in his life that had ever paid a personal trainer. Um, people at work were almost setting me up to fail. But I knew I was going to be good at so it. Drive on more, or yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Like that was just never going to happen. I'm, I, I was never going to make the same mistake twice and do something I wasn't going to be good at. And I knew I would be good at it. And I knew that I had some form of personality. And I felt we've touched on this on last week's podcast. But I felt almost above people. Like, and that sounds yeah. horrible and arrogant. But it, it comes from the fact of I'd done well at everything in my life. I'd done well at school and I'd done well at sport and things like that. And all of a sudden, you're thrust into a job where the, the military is very, like, it's just a hierarchy of, of, of I guess, rankings. But mm-hmm. that's, those rankings are not necessarily done on who knows the most. It's done on time served. So there mm. would be people who were just older. 
and you would know that what they were talking was 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 rubbish, but you couldn't actually say anything. Mm-hmm. And that's a horrible feeling to not have a voice on that. And I almost felt like I, I don't know, I I just knew more. I was more academic. I was smarter just in conversation. Like I was better at sport. You know, I was the captain of the football team. Mm. Like I was I was good at stuff. It, and that makes me sound like a wanker. Like and I and I get that. But I always had that nagging feeling that that was not what I was supposed to do. So I knew that if I was going to go and do something, I was going to go and excel at it. So I invested. I invested heavily in stuff. Like I did courses, like not just a nutrition course. I, I did obviously my personal training course. I then enlisted uh, some business mentoring, which I, th- I had to take a credit card out. I think I paid something. I, fr- I think it was, I got a five grand credit card. I think three and a half of it went on the business course. I knew that I'm not going to half arse this. So when I got my first initial clients, I, I believed it. Like it yeah. wasn't anything that was like, oh my god, I can't believe this. It was like, no, I believed it. Mm. This I've designed this to, to work like that. I'm not going to work on the shop floor. I'm not going to work for somebody else who and be in this problem of me having hierarchy and someone talking down to me. I'm going to be the person. I'm going to be the boss. I'm going to be my own boss. So I, I would have, if somebody said you're going to have 20 clients in a month, which I think I did. I would have believed them because I did everything designed that way. And if not, then I would have been worried. So it felt good, like, and it felt good to give two fingers up to my boss. There was various other things that was happening at that time as well with, um, you know, some some remarks about some of my social life and things like that that were going on. And it, it felt good to kind of say, yeah, do you know what? Mm. I've done better than you told me I was going to do. It's, so- it's weird, isn't it, how as well? Like, people, people almost belittle other people for chasing their dream or chasing something they want to do. And it's like... So the second you stick your middle finger up to the system or you do something differently, people sort of Ian go, both no, them. why are you doing that? Yeah, even both. Yeah. Someone, who's, someone who's influenced me in that regard. Because um, I did, I, like we said in the last podcast, I got the same from, from my parents. They're like, oh, are you sure? Mm. What do you mean am I sure? What, I'm backing myself the whole way and you're telling me I probably shouldn't. Mm. I know for a fact if Isabel turned around to me and was like, I want to do this, I'm like, go for it. Like, it's, it's just different generations, different isn't generation, it? Though. I think that's the same thing is that uh, I'd be interested to see what it's like in a world of work now if, if someone said that. Because I think people have sabbaticals all the time. They go away for a year, they do travel and they do all these sorts of things. That's a bit different, I suppose. But, um, but certainly nowadays, doing your own thing is a little bit more normal, yeah. I suppose. I think, I think the internet has allowed that to happen. I think that obviously like influence is, is now a thing that wasn't that just wasn't around. Like <clears throat> I think money can be made from, from like Instagram and YouTube. And before the internet, there was no such thing as an online coach. So it's kind of like, where do you, where, how do you judge it? What by what merit do you judge it on? Like when you were back at Body Time Nutrition, you were probably, I think, you were charging like forty quid a month. And it's like that's not really a viable prof- profession. So even in that short space of time, it's changed. Mm. It, you know, bef- before a personal trainer, I guess, and obviously we still have personal trainers now. You would be marketing to a very select group of people. You know, it would be people who want personal training that are within five mile radius of your gym that can afford personal training, and then you've got the competition of all the other PTs. So, just the the fact that online is now a thing has kind of opened things up for everybody, not just for online coaching, but various other, I guess, um, professions um, that weren't available that uh, available before. But it is a different generation because it's almost hard to get your head around the concept of anything other than go to school, go mm. to college, get a job, work for however many years, get married, have kids, retire. It's hard to think anything else if, if that's all that's been done before. Um, so, yeah, my parents were, like, very sceptical, like, fucking hell, like, come on, you've spent years 
being educated on, you know, how to, how to, I guess, be an aircraft engineer. And I could have stepped out into a job and probably been on 50, 60 grand. Like a lot of guys went on oil rigs and offshore and things like that, some of the wind turbines. Um, and it could have been nice and comfortable, but it would have been something that I hated doing. So then, mm. are you then comfortable? Um, so yeah, yeah it's, it's it's just a different generation, and I I I knew I could have I knew I could make it work. Like I knew I could do it. I, th- I think with that thing about loving what you're doing, I think it's this is the other problem I think a lot of coaches and PTs have is because they enjoy fitness, they go into it themselves and think, oh, that's what I want to do, and they think that because they love fitness that they're going to love it forever. Mm. And I think now with what we do, I think if me and you were doing our own thing in sales or marketing, we'd still have the same level of enjoyment we do now because we're doing it for ourselves and it's our own thing and it's how we want to do things. I think you have to evolve as a PT or as a coach. I think if you want to go into online coaching and you want to make do something that's bigger than that, than just being a PT, like you said, and all that sort of stuff, which, which is fine for, for people who just yeah. want to work on the floor and that's all they want to do and focus on. But I think it's, for me anyway, it was the transition from I like sport to now actually I just love having a business with you and that fitness is good because we enjoy it and we enjoy that part of it and we're good at it. But I think the same thing would apply, like you said, with that mindset. The same thing would apply to anything. We could have gone in to be a car salesman and we probably would have hopefully done the same thing. Yeah. In that it would have been a, hopefully it would have been a success and we'd done all right. And it's you'd a, have you'd have fine-tuned your craft to be the best. It's, yeah, it's that competitive element. It's it's having I guess you're competing against yourself with it. it. It's almost like what I really enjoyed at the very beginning was seeing that I if I worked harder things got better whereas in the RF it wasn't it was yeah. it was you just get paid you got you got paid a salary whether you were there or not or however much work you did or not and it was just a for me it was just meaningless task after meaningless task that didn't actually mean anything in my life and like you said it doesn't necessarily need to be fitness it's more so the running of something I enjoy I enjoy like being in control of things and more so than actual fitness, it's, it's helping. It, like, it sounds cringy, but like, it's helping somebody with something. Mm. Like, and in our instance, it's with fitness. But that can have a knock-on effect to other things, like their confidence, their relationships, mm. their jobs, like that stuff. Because now my job isn't meaningless, whereas it was before. Mm. Anybody can turn spanners and undo nuts and bolts and things like that. Whereas not everybody can do this, and this is my specific set of skills and how I've developed that craft over years is, is now helping people and it's so much more rewarding, so much mm. more rewarding. And then that encourages you to get better at it and to do better and to do better things and help more people because you're actually making a difference. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's mad how it, it's happened, but I always knew that I could make it work. Yeah. I, I always knew I could make it work. It's weird how, like I said, that our, both our backgrounds are from the same, like, again, for me within football, I was like, I'm not helping people here. Yeah. It's like, I'm just a number. I'm just someone who's turning up. They need to have this person do these jobs, but not actually helping anyone. And likewise with you, you were like, I'm not helping anyone. Yeah. It's weird how, like I said, I think with coaching, I think that's why coaching, probably we were drawn to that, is that you do help people on a daily basis. Like, you're, you're, that's your whole job is, yeah. is helping people navigate things, like you said, they found difficult. And I think that's always been the part of my job that I've loved, is it's trying to find ways. So every day now, we're like, with our business, with what we're doing, we're trying to find ways that we can help people. Like, this is going to probably a bit deep and maybe a bit unnecessary for, for the podcast, but fuck it, we're going anyway. But we've had people say to us, you should do these things with your business, you'll make loads more money. Hmm. And we've gone, no. no, because it doesn't actually help people. Um, like, for example, like, we've, we've been told you should do things because other people are doing them. Yeah. 
Well, no. Other people are doing them because they don't give a shit about other people. Yeah. Everything that we do has an element to it where it's like there's interaction, there's something that we can actually put a hand on heart and say, that's the best work we've done or yeah. that's the best thing that you need right now. Whereas there are some products and projects out there that I don't think coaches and PTs can hand on heart say, this is what people need because it's not. Like we've been told that sell products, for example, that you can get for free online. Well, exactly. You can get them for free online, like training plans, for example. We go through the coaching process. We go through all that sort of stuff. We don't just sell a 20 quid training plan because people buy them. Yeah, great people buy them, but they also don't do them. Yeah. And they sit as e-books on people's, on people's desktops because I've bought them. I know they do. And they don't know when I've done anything with them. And, and the, again, the whole thing is just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. So everything that we've done has always been, are people going to do this? Is it actually going to help them? Yes, it is. And that's why we've done I think what we've done. That's one of the, our strongest traits is <clears throat> the ethics that we have around stuff like, I would hate, I would hate it if somebody had a bad taste in their mouth after working with us or something wasn't quite up to scratch. Like, honestly, I pride everything that we do on that. Like, because we've, we've worked for, you know, we worked at, at Teambox, right? And there was just some elements of it that just weren't in line with what we wanted to do. And like you said, we've, we've had business mentors who said, how do you feel about releasing this product or that product? And it, it is just generic training program, which will sell a few cool but there's more to life than money and if we're putting our name to it it's got to be good because I, I wouldn't want somebody to download that training plan and then it sit there like because for what like yeah. for for what it's helping nobody so if, if there's one thing that we do know it it is I guess ha having our ethics at the, at the very kind of forefront of things and it does stem from actually genuinely wanting to help people like that's where it that's where it stems from mm. um I I, I want to be able to for people to turn around and go, them lads at Biceps and Banner, and, and girls now, they're good. They know what they're doing. They'll look after you. They're the place where you go where everything else fails. That's that's where I that's where I want things. Mm. And it does. It, it it's look. Everything stems. I'm not ashamed to say it from like from from Ben and the Body Type Nutrition Podcast. Is that I used to listen to it, and he would he would always answer listener questions, and it was always like I enjoyed how he could just reel stuff off. Whether some of it was incorrect, now that you actually know stuff, it, it, it was. But the element of actually the guy knows something that helps other people, mm. like I loved, like I loved that, and I, I just, I just wanted that. I wanted, I wanted to make a difference, I guess, to to, to some people. Um, and I know that with what we're doing, we definitely do. Like, and we do it in our own way. We don't compromise, we don't sell out, we're not selling £3,000 packages because it earns more money and I get to sell my business mentor that we've earned more money. There's a lot There's a lot of the industry which is heading in the wrong direction and nobody places emphasis on the coaching of the clients anymore. It's mm. now, how much money can I make? Because this is a cash cow, let's milk it. Let's play off everybody's insecurities on social media because mm. everybody feels fat. Everybody's not in as good shape as those, those other people on social media. Of course you're not, you're never going to be. That's why you follow them because they're in the best shape, of course. That's not what an average person looks like. And, and coaches are now milking that fact and tapping into those emotions and those feelings to sell shit, like to sell shit. It's all well and good having some pain points and, and de describing why your plan will help somebody, but then you actually got to go and help them. Yeah, deliver it. You've got to then yeah. go and deliver it. Yeah, you can't dig into all those pain points, make someone feel like shit and then not actually deliver on what you said you would. And I think that's... That for us has been the biggest, the biggest thing since we did went our own way. I remember, I still remember that first couple of months. We were just like, "This is what we stand for. This is what things are going to be." And everything we've done since then has been the question we ask ourselves: Is how is this going to help people? Is this going to help more people? Is this actually going to benefit them? Is this actually going to change how they do things? Um, yeah, I think I think it's 
it all stems obviously from that, from our backgrounds, you know, from those, those days of feeling like you weren't contributing in any way, shape or form. And then I see a lot of, a lot of people when they're a bit older, you know, in 35, 40, and they transition careers to BPT because they finally realize at that age, I've wasted my life just helping other people make money all the time and actually haven't made a difference. And for those people, it's always a bit tougher because like I say, 35, 40, it's a little bit harder to, to make that big leap and they, they do it. And it's just one of those things where it's much easier to do when you're tw- in your 20s to make that leap and go, fuck it. I, I'm reading um, a book right now that um, I told you about. The um, Adam Haley recommended it. It was um, uh, Die With Zero. Yeah. It's this concept of like how the whole concept of saving money is backwards how you're saving money, but then you can't actually spend it when you're old because you're too old to spend it. They're like, when you're 20, you should spend 20 grand to go and travel in the world, not save 20 grand so that when you're dying in your bed, that you've got 20 grand in the bank to give to someone. Mm. It's like, what's the point of living your life kind of mm. thing? And it's really changed some of the way that I view things and the way that I, I've, I've been thinking. But it's funny how we already kind of do it in a way with work because we made that jump when we were younger to go, I'm not living my life for someone else until I get to that age and go, fuck it, I'm, I've realised I've wasted my time. We luckily did our own thing. And I just encourage anyone, anyone who feels like they want to do coaching or they want to step into it or they feel like they're a bit stagnant with it, is read the book because it basically encourages you to just do everything now because the theory is that as you get older, again, based on averages, based on the stats, you will earn more money as you get older. Mm-hmm. So actually, when you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're earning less money, you're trying to save money at a time when you should be spending it. And actually, when you're older, you actually spend less money and you have more of it than to save. And it's funny how he shows you the graphs and stuff like that. And it's like, you don't need to say... And again, I get it. I had it from my parents the other day. Like, oh, so what are, you in a, what are you and Mike doing for your pensions? And I'm like, fuck knows. What do you mean? I don't... I don't know. I'm not bothered. I'll worry about that when I'm a bit older. Like, and it's that old school way of thinking of you have to save money for when you're older. And I'm fighting it because I'm like, no, this is just what everyone's telling me to do. And everyone told me to stay in football. Everyone told me to... Everyone told you to stay in engineering. Yeah. And then part of me is just like... Well, no, why don't I just spend it now? Why don't I just yeah. do what I feel is right now so that when I'm older, hopefully it'll pay off because obviously there's a plan in place. Obviously we have our ideas for our business and stuff, but it's not like we're idiots. And I think people just cling to that old school thing of the pensions. And I, and I see my parents now and I'm like, yeah, but you're sitting on that money, but yet you don't want to go and spend it now. Yeah, because yeah, of COVID, you won't go and travel because you're too old and you're worried that you might get COVID. I'm like, well, we, well, I say that about you. I could go traveling, I'd be fine. <laughs> Mike, would probably, Mike would probably keel over on a plane. But it's the whole point of you should enjoy it when you're younger. And it's really changed my view of stuff because I used to be a, a, a chronic saver, like Michael tell you, awful. Wouldn't spend a fucking penny. But now I'm like looking at things going, actually, should I take Isabella holiday to Thailand? Because why shouldn't you experience that? Why shouldn't we experience that? Why shouldn't we all be able to do that now rather than when we're 50, go, actually, I wish I did that. And it's part of the reason for, obviously kicked it all off was this move. Mm-hmm. Was obviously you did it. And then, and then we followed and it was like, speaking to parents and my dad was like, just, just do it. Like, just go for it. And it was the first time I've ever heard him say something like that because usually he'd be like, oh, I don't know, a bit risky. That's, that's the thing though, is that we're, 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 we're here once. Like you don't yeah. get another go at it. So what is the worst that can happen? You, we're not tied to an office, we're not tied to a desk. We're like, exactly. You didn't like it. Go on then. Yeah. You've you, you, you not lost anything and you tried. And then you know that you can look back and go, I tried. Mm. And actually it's paid off because you like it here. Yeah. Like, it's and wild, you will continue to like it. And, you know, the more that you get settled and roots start to grow and things like that, you know, it's, it's hard if you move anywhere. Like, I've moved obviously all over the country when I was in the military, is that it's hard when, you, when, you, when you're first settling somewhere because you don't know your way around and stuff like that. Don't have any friends there. Um, it's tough, but, you know, it's just a, a different way of looking at things. And when you realize that actually we're not here forever and we are 33, 34, and actually. Well, 32. 
that like half my life ago I was at school, I still feel like I was at school yesterday. Yeah. Like, and that was 17 years ago. Yeah. Another 17 years, I'm 50, 51. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's going. Um, and it's the same, and, and the reason I brought it up is because it's, it's this whole thing about weight loss and, and gym and stuff. It's just like, people waiting, they're like, oh, I'll wait until then. Like, why? Like, it's another year of your life, you feel like shit, you feel like you're not in the place you want to be in. I posted the other day on Instagram about how like physiques are much easier to maintain than they are mm. to actually attain. And again, it, it's hard for a year. It'll be fucking hard work for a year. Yeah. But tell you what, it's fucking easy once you've done that. And it's the same with this. It's like this first move, you know, move to Dubai, six months, first six months will be hard. Of course it's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be fucking easier. Likewise, when you start your own business, first six months is going to be fucking hard. Of course yeah. they are. Anything you do like that and you make a change is going to be hard and it's always going to pay off in the long run. And like I say, if it doesn't, you then, you know, for us, we can move back or whatever, but then you go, I tried. It's the same with that sort of process of, of, of weight loss, of starting a new career, of doing anything like that is like, my mindset, I get just from reading half this book, I'm not even fucking finished it, but it's that whole thing of like, why would you not? Mm-hmm. What are you waiting for? Because by the time you wait and you get too old, you're not going to fucking do it then anyway, because it's just, you're just too old. That's it. It's like money's a weird thing. Money doesn't actually mean anything. They're just numbers on, on a spreadsheet, yet we kind of place a lot of value on those numbers. When actually what those numbers allow you to do, they're essentially coupons to do fun things mm. or to have stability or to in exchange for certain things and that's all it is yet we get we get kind of caught up and I remember when I was in when I was in the RF there was one guy there who was bragging that he'd, he'd saved 24 grand and I said yeah but we're the same rank and we've been in the same time I've earned the same money as you but I've had 24,000 pounds of more fun so what are you saving that for mm. to have 24,000 pounds of fun in the future okay cool Perfect, if that's what you want to do, but yeah. I'd rather spend it now whilst I am 22 yeah. and have fun now. Yeah. Mm, so, so it's kind of like the, when I was looking, when I was talking to him, I was like, we've earned the same money, we're on the same money, we're the same rank. Yeah. So you, you haven't done any better than me. No. I've just spent my money. Yeah. And I've got friends and, and you don't. So it's, it's a weird thing is that, and you're right, what are we saving for? What are yeah. you waiting for? Like, you can save and save and save and save and have all this money in the bank, but then what are you going to do? Spend it. Well, if you're going to spend it then, well, why, why, why not spend it now? Yeah, and like, I, I, I use my dad as a, as a great example because he's, he's just saved his whole life and he had a, um, he had a kidney transplant and he's, so he's been given a, a, I say to him, I said, do we give him a second lease of life? And he just sits there and he just saves his money. And I'm like, go on fucking holiday. Go try, obviously couldn't because COVID recently, but even like down to, I was like, buy a new car. Like, so you don't have to drive around in a fucking Honda. Like just buy a new car. Nothing wrong with Hondas if you're in Honda, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, there are better guys out there. <laughs> just go for it out there. But I was like, just spend it. Like, cause, and I see him and I see him saving it for me, like for his kid. And I get it. I, having a kid, I understand it. I get it. Is, but that, then I'm is like, that not a waste of his life? Though? But no, this is, this is what I say. This is, again, it's a waste of... It's not a waste. It's I not a waste. waste but, are wrong. Well, no, it's wasted opportunities, though, in the sense that he could have got a nice car and driven it around. He could have got an Aston Martin. He could have driven it around and had experience of what that feels like and enjoyed that. But my biggest thing with it is that he's saving it. And I say to him, I don't need the money, Dad. I'm yeah. good. I keep saying it to him all the time. Go spend it. Because I don't need it right now. Yeah. Like, go spend it. And he's almost like too, not too sick, that sounds bad, but he almost like, there's no point now. Yeah. And he's like, had a kidney transplant and he's now moving his home closer to hospital so that in case it fails, he's closer to get dialysis. I'm like, the fuck are you, like, yeah. that's, so you just wasted the last 10 years and you knew that I was doing okay. You knew that I was taking care of, but again, it's that thing as a parent, I think that you just struggle and you worry, but I'm taking that forward now and I'm looking at it going, I get it. But there's also a limit to it where I go, yeah, but we don't save for that much. Yeah. Like, there's a bit, and then you go, just go and enjoy he's, life. He's almost sacrificed certain elements of his life for you, for you which is admirable, obviously, and I, I don't know the, the feeling of having a kid. And there is an element of that that you will sacrifice your life 
some of your life for Isabel. But then on the flip side, like, it's almost like you can bring Isabel along for the ride. This is it. Like, so this is the thing is like, why not spend now, spend three grand on holiday to Thailand and go, well, this is what it's like. Yeah. Like, do you want more of this when you're older? Like, that's exactly. something to, 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 to aspire to. And I just, I was always, that's why, like I said last week, I was always, football was where I wanted to be from the age of 15, 16, and it was just drilled in. It was like, how cool would that be? You know, and like, well, actually, what if I wanted to go travel? I didn't know, I didn't know yeah. about that stuff. It's just interesting how it all stems from, I think, like, this this mythical world that is tomorrow, and it's like safe for tomorrow. tomorrow. We worry about tomorrow. Yeah, it's mad. It's just we're always focused on tomorrow. It's a bit of a curse. It's a gift and a curse because I guess we're designed that way for self preservation and for for, for yeah. the future. I guess it's it's I guess it's it's in by design. But it's almost like we, the world's so different now, though. We focus on yeah, and we focus so much on tomorrow that we never actually end up living in today, because we're always worried about the thing that's in front. Mm. Whereas in definition, if you're worried about the thing that's in front, actually your life at the present can't be that bad. Because I think I had an analogy that if there was a tiger in this room, we would be worried about the tiger eating us now. Yeah. Whereas if actually what we're worrying about is in the future, then the now can't be that bad. Like now can't be that bad if yeah. we're worried about what's going to happen down the line. So it's, it's weird. and It's just, I guess, shifting thought process that's been drilled in and conditioned to look after yourself. Start a pension. You're fucking 33, 32. Mm. Start a pension. Okay, it's might be something useful to look at, but right now, okay, there might be other priorities like earning more money. What about investing more money to earn more money? Yeah. So that you can then save for more of a pension. Well, so, for example, like the, the concept to, to them of like investing that money, you would put in a pension towards a deposit for a house that you might rent out, and then that's your pension. Is it lost on them? Yeah. They're like, oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. That's, that's not secure, is it? Well, well, not. What do you mean, not, not secure? Like, yeah. and it's just the, again, it's just the generational stuff. And I'm sure, look, look, everyone listening gets that from their parents or from other people and from their from their institutions, from businesses, from everything like that. I think it's. Um, I think the world's changing. I think it's going to change quite quickly in the next five years as well. I think people are going to yeah. cut onto it. Anyway, this is not serious shit. Um, say shit. Mm, <laughs> we, um, funny story this week. Um, I don't know how he's got a picture of this. Oh, um, I'll read out the, uh, the headline. It's not a guy that's looking startled with... Glass, like paedophile glasses on. No, not this time, because the, picture, the person pictured is the person who's suffering... Uh, I'll read it out. Find the bastard who shat down my chimney. <laughs> Homeowners flew poo horror. Okay. So, yeah. There's a picture of a, of a guy sitting on a chimney taking a shit. So they've caught him in the act. But I don't know if it's just a generic stock image. Stock. Can't it can't be, stock be the person. But then I'm going to read the story and it maybe would say I caught him on CCTV or whatever. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Householder Mike Williams... Pictured, that's him. Pictured. So he's not, he's not, uh, yeah, he's disgruntled, he's fuming. Yeah. They've, they've told him, haven't they? Look a bit hungry. Look, Look angry, a bit angry. Yeah. Um, householder, householder. It's usually homeowner. Homeowner. Householder. Mike Williams is furious after a foul bowled hooligan nice. unloaded a big steaming shit down okay. his freshly swept chimney. I bet it wasn't. Fresh, freshly it, swept. It's not freshly swept though, is it? What, the bottom bit maybe? Has he cleaned it out? Like, Fre no. Right. There's and, and also as well, how fucking many chimneys do you reckon go straight down like that? None. 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 None of them do. And look, it's not the 1920s. You haven't got a fucking chimney sweep going up there, freshly sweeping stuff. No. Why, what are the odds that it's freshly swept? Not happening. Right, here we go. Carpet fitter Mike yeah. had been looking forward to making up the first real fire of the year as temperatures took a turn it south. It would be the first real fire of the year as well. Yeah, in his home city of Aberdeen. 
But these plans went down the drain after the young Oik... Oik, yeah. The young Oik unleashed a plop down the flue, which landed with a nasty splatter in the grate. It didn't. It didn't. It's too descriptive. Like, it's, 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 it's okay language, it's right, until every time that he explains something to do with the shit. Yeah. So even, like, in the, a few sentences before, it's too descriptive. It was, like, foul-boweled. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, what, what's going... It's almost reveling in the description of this turd, essentially. Unwed Mike, 34... I don't know why that's important. It's not relevant. <laughs> Raged. I was just getting home from work. Is this like a dating ad? Yeah, I know. I was just getting home from work when a neighbour <laughs> ran up and said they'd seen a wee Ned, Scottish for a ruffian, Chav, yeah. shutting down the chimney. Shutting. He's even taken a wee photo on his phone. Oh, so When I opened it? the door, the smell was incredible. So that is the picture of the guy who's okay. taken a shit. Wow, wow. wow. It was all on the rug in front of the fire. It wasn't. No though. way. It doesn't happen no like way. that. No way. No way. How's it defying physics? No. How's it got outside? Like, how has it got? Let's just say it is straight up and straight down. Do you know what will happen? It will just go straight down. Yeah. It will just land in the bottom, surely. Unless there's, unless there's some kind of splash, some splatter. I don't know. But it cannot have found its way outside of the, no. of, the, of the fireplace and onto the, onto the living room rug. No, just no way. splattered, no way. Um, it was all on the rug in front of the fire. There's no way it'll brush out. I wouldn't brush it out. Get rid of brush it. Brush it out. Get, get yeah. rid of it. What the hell get am... Get rid of it. What no the... way... Don't brush it. Get rid of it. Throw it out. <laughs> what the hell am I going to say to the insurance? Oh, a wee Ned shut down the chimney. You're not going to claim on a rug on insurance, mate. Come on. How tight is it? It's like you're, it's like you're excess anyway, surely. If I get my hands on the bastard, I'll kick him in the arse so hard he'll never shit again. You're hard. Yeah. Mm. I think he will. A source at Grampian Police said the crime was unpleasant and unusual. Yeah, yeah. I'd describe it as that. <laughs> what a way to describe it. That's all it was, just that. Um, so, yeah, for those watching, there's a picture of him. Uh, you can't really see it on the camera. I'm Look, sure. why... Few questions... Just question. Why is there a guy on the roof in the first place? What is he doing up there? No idea. Don't know. Two, if you are up there and you, you are caught short, and obviously it's a long way down and it's a, a rigmarole to, to, you know, to, to mm. get the ladders out and, what, and, and whatnot, then, then yeah, there is probably, you might do one on the roof. Yeah. I'm not saying I would, but people <laughs> might. No, just, just front porch, you go. <laughs> <laughs> just a front porch, yeah. D don't mention that. Um, <laughs> You might do it on the roof, and then it could wash away in the rain. It might get stuck in the gutter or whatever, but it's on the roof. Why, why is this guy looking for a toilet-like yeah. feature? On, oh, yeah. hang on. That chimney looks like a toilet. And so also, he knows, he knows the chimney goes inside. He could at least do it in the guttering. So he knows it goes That's outside I mean. in the drain. He could have just done it on the roof. There's, I'm sure there's a ton of bird shit on the roof. Like, it's just yeah. a roof. Like, it's not going to hurt anybody. So I've got a feeling that this guy must know. He knows he, him. He must know. Oh, he's done him. Yeah, yeah. He's he must know him. him. Because what is he doing? Just walking around random roofs and then, and then he's deciding to take a shit. He knows him. This is a, yeah. a passion of crime. Yeah, no, I think so. The other way around. Crime of passion. Yeah. 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 Passion of crime. Passion crime. Yeah. Depends on which way you sit. Yeah. Um, so there you go. I mean, if anyone ever has that. I mean, most chimneys nowadays as well, I think, are fake chimneys, aren't they? They just look good on houses. So yeah, they, I mean, they're work. rare. I'm not going to say I, I don't know, but... They're rare, aren't they? I just don't think it's going straight down. It's and not. And again, a... that would mean he'd have to have an open fireplace. So it's not yeah. like it, it wouldn't be a log burner because that wouldn't work. Um, it wouldn't be a gas fire or anything like that. Again, wouldn't work. 
it would have to be an open fireplace. Mm. Are there that many open fireplaces there around? No. I'm not saying that this hasn't happened, but... But it hasn't happened, do you? But it hasn't happened, no, yeah. Not the way he's described it. He's seen someone. What I think's happened is his neighbour's gone. Here's a picture of some guy spitting in your... <laughs> uh, shitting in your, um, in your chimney. And he's made up this elaborate story. The shit was never found. It was in the chimney somewhere. It probably smells maybe a tiny bit. Yeah. And he's gone, it was all over the carpet. It was all over there. It shat, oh, yeah. Ring the Sunday sport. I must ring the Sunday sport. Yeah, Straight always. Always, always <laughs> the first one. Yeah. So it's never guess what happened. Yeah. <laughs> it's and almost like they're wait, these types of people oh, are you, waiting for something yeah. to happen to ring up a oh, Have you got a picture of the carpet? No. No, I haven't. No. Why, why not? Why yeah. would you not take a picture of the carpet? Well, it was ruined. Tried so. to brush it out. Tried to brush it out. It just was a mess. Tried to brush it out. Funny it just went it. everywhere. Smeared everywhere. Don't believe him. Don't believe a word of it. No. So if you've got a funny story, then um, always send it in. Then send it in. Always um, send it in. Always. Yeah, always send it in. Anyway. We're all, always in need of funny stories. Or if, if there's anything that you want us to talk about on the podcast, let us know. Get it in. Know. We'll be talking about Blitz, if not, next week. Week three, they're in next week, aren't they? Three weeks down, it'll be. Yeah, a lot of panicking. Always oh, the way in it. Oh, yeah. I've not noticed the changes. Yeah, but the six centimetres off your waist, so calm down. Yeah. It's the same as golf, though. I said this on Instagram today. It is the same. You're not Tiger Woods yet. You, you get, yeah, you get frustrated. Yeah. You're like, oh, hang on, I've had two lessons now. Why am I not knocking balls like exactly where I want them? I know. And there's that little niggling feeling where you think, should I just give up with this? Yeah. But then you go, well, no, because then I'm going to go... Because really are we're going to go Yeah, because now I'm going to go backwards. Yeah, yeah. Whereas it's weird because everything inside you wants you to quit something when you don't yeah. feel like it's going your way. It's the same with nutrition. self it's the same thing. You're like, yeah, you almost just think, well, I don't know what, I'm just going to run away from it instead. Yeah. When actually, you should just go, well, no, I should go more. Yeah. And then I'll get better, and yeah. then I'll be less frustrated. Yeah. It's the same thing with fitness. 100%. People just don't do it. No. Just give up, don't they, straight away? Just give up, yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Never give up. That's the, Never give up. That's the moral well, of this always story. Get up. Always, 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 always get up. Always get up. Always get up. That's Kev for you, so. Yeah. There you go. Have a good week. We'll speak to you in a bit. Bye. Wherever you are.